You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Just when you started to wonder, hey, whatever happened to What's-His-Face? What's-His-Face has returned to Saturday afternoon slash early Saturday evening. Yes, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is uh, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Have been away for the uh, last couple of Saturdays, but back here for a four-hour extravaganza, of course, the number you still know, 1-800-919-ESPN. You can find me on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. You can find me on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. And you can find me also on TikTok at Old Man Radio. But most importantly, right here on your radio until Islanders Hockey this evening. Islanders Hurricanes, I believe. So we have four hours. And look, uh, I don't think I need to lay this out any better than we need four hours. We need all four hours to get everything in. I mean, it is just a smorgasbord of uh, sports topics to dive into in the next four hours. You want important football games in December? We have important football games in December. We have the Jets in Buffalo to face off against the Bills. Oh, what's riding on that game? Oh, I don't know. If you uh, win that game, you have a realistic thought of winning the division this season. If you lose that game, well, all of a sudden the playoffs are kind of hanging in the balance. That that seems like a lot to have riding on a game. Uh, you have the Giants and the Eagles. And I guess the question there is, can the Giants pull off one of the, you'd have to say one of the biggest upsets of the NFL season if they are able to take down the Eagles? Yes, I know the Giants are at home, but they have one win since basically mid-October. They tied last week. That felt like a loss. They take on the team with the best record in the sport. You might not have your best offensive weapon. And oh yeah, by the way, it's not like you have all that many offensive weapons. So that's obviously something we'll have to focus in on. Two monumental games for the NFL teams. Uh, and, And look, it's week 14. Week 14 is the time where teams emerge. Think back. Cast your mind. Close your eyes. Well, not if you're driving. But if, if you're not driving, close your eyes for a second and think back to a year ago. Week 14 of the season. You might have forgotten. Bengals had just lost an overtime game to the 49ers. The Cincinnati Bengals were sitting at 7-6. and six. What happens from there? Did they fold? No, they didn't fold. They followed that up with a three-game winning streak. They got hot. They won their division at 10-7. and seven. They get in the playoffs. They survive against the Raiders. They go to Tennessee and get a win by a field goal. They go to the AFC Championship game, take down the Chiefs, and boom, look at that. The Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. I mean, we get crazy every single week of the NFL season because it's every single week of the NFL season. But for all the storylines up until this point, this is where the storylines really start to emerge and really start to matter. Again, Cast your mind for a second. A couple of years, two years ago, heading into week 14, Buccaneers were 7-5. and five. They had just lost back-to-back games against the Rams and Chiefs. Nobody anywhere was saying, oh, whoa, look out, here come the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But at that point, week 14, they went and beat the Vikings, and they would not lose again that season. Even the year before that, Chiefs were 8-4. and four. And they would not lose again after week 14. So look, I could keep doing this all day long if you want. My point is, 
Week 14 is when things start to happen. And we have waited for years to have important, meaningful football games in December. We got a couple last week. Did not come away with a win. We have two more this week. You're hoping to come away with a win. But certainly that is not guaranteed by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, you'd be surprised if either the Jets or the Giants were able to get a win this week. Two very difficult games. And then speaking of huge, a huge week in baseball, right? In the baseball offseason. At least so far, uh, the biggest week of the baseball offseason for the Yankees and certainly for the Mets. Yankees re-sign Aaron Judge. The Mets are bringing back Brandon Nimmo. Two teams go out and basically spend, what, a half a billion dollars? And what is our reaction? All right, that's great. Well, what's, what's next? What else you got? What else you got? Yeah, I know. I understand. Judge is great. Nemo's great. What else do you got? So we have a lot to dive into there. And then, of course, you also have the Knicks. The Knicks have won three in a row. They're making themselves entertaining, but not necessarily in the way that uh, they're going to actually be entertained. Yes, it's good to win some games. It's good to be back at 500. And this is kind of where the Knicks... If, if things are going to go well for the Knicks, this is kind of the ceiling. Now, it's a very low ceiling competing for, you know, a play-in spot. But that's, the way, that's not my fault. That's the way they drew it up. They drew up a team that is, you know, a pretty deep team. They've been trying to figure things out, have not done a great job of figuring things out until these last three games against three pretty much banged-up teams. But you're hoping from this point forward, maybe... You can just kind of stay afloat. That's what the Knicks are trying to do. They're trying to stay afloat until they can figure it out. And figuring it out might mean figuring it out with the roster they have, but figuring it out more likely means finding a way to make a deal that can somehow make a difference. Because if if it's about this group, as currently constituted, there might be some some changes in terms of the you know in terms of who's playing and who's in the rotation, who's out of the rotation. But this is about as good as you can kind of hope for, is, is, is kind of middle of the road. And most organizations, this is like NBA poison to be middle, and middle of the road. That's the last place you want to be if you're in the NBA. Either you want to be really, really good or you want to be really, really bad because then at least you have some hopes of landing somebody who's going to make you really, really good. So we got a lot of stuff to do today. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. And of course... It's Saturday, so you know, 5 o'clock, we bring it back. You might have forgotten because it's been a couple of weeks. What I learned on TikTok, now I heard, and I don't know that this is true, but I have little birds tell me things from time to time. Now today, Joe and Julian are in today, so they will be in the hot seat at 5 o'clock when we do what I learned on TikTok. Generally, one of the staples of what I learned on TikTok is Jacob, but Jacob, I, I heard, couldn't take it anymore. He was doing so poorly in the segment that uh, he went to Station Brass and said, look, it's the holidays. I can't take this anymore. I, got I can't take the – and he's, he had a couple of weeks, but even then he couldn't take another week. So we'll see if Joe and Julian can do any better than Jacob. Again, it's not like the, uh, the bar is very high. So we'll see at 5 o'clock. And then, of course, at 6 o'clock, NFL picks return. I like to call it the Free Money Express. Because that's how good my picks have been this season on the air. On the air, my picks, when we last left 
the station portion of the pick segment, the portion that airs on the radio, I had better picks than any other host on the station. Now, it's been a couple of weeks. Is that still where I am? Maybe. Maybe not. So we'll get to that at 6 o'clock. But we'll have some other fun stuff along the way. But let's start with the baseball. Because, as I said, this was a huge week. Yankees re-signing Aaron Judge. Mets bring back Brendan Nimmo. Judge is signed through 2031. Think about that for a second. Think You want to feel old? Think about what your age will be in 2031. It makes you feel old. Even if you're a young guy, you'll be like, oh, my God, I'm 30. Oh, my God, we're so over the hill in 2031. Somewhere right if Aaron Judge were to play until 2031, there's a chance that there's a kid somewhere right now in elementary school who will grow up to play with the Yankees and end up playing with Aaron Judge. Some eighth grader someplace. That's, that's a long time from now, right? Some like 14-year-old, 2031, all of a sudden will be, well, Brian Cashman will be on the uh, version of another contract extension, of course. Uh, Brandon Nimmo, he's also signed for a very long time. In fact, Brandon Nimmo has signed so long, uh, the Mets will almost be done paying Bobby Bonilla by the time his contract is up. Almost. Not, I mean, not quite, but still, it's very, it's very close. But let's start with Judge because, you know, there were anxious moments. And I know it's very easy to have revisionist history when it comes to this. Because what happens anytime, like Aaron Judge is out there. He's a free agent. We don't know what's going to happen. And you got the John Heyman tweet that it looked like he was going to uh, San Francisco. And I'll be honest, all season, I said I thought Judge was going to be back. I think he wanted to be back with the Yankees. Clearly, the Yankees wanted to have him back. And I felt like that's the way it was going to turn out. But I got to be honest, the longer things are going along, the more days that go by, the odds of him leaving start to tick up a little bit. And then when that, that Heyman tweet came out, whoo boy, that, you know what that was like? I saw that tweet. You know the scene in Jaws where Chief Brody is on the beach and all of a sudden like the camera changes the perspective and it, it almost seems like it zooms in on his face and all of a sudden it becomes, re- that's what it was like for me. Really one of the great scenes in movie history. But for me, it was not one of the great scenes of uh, Twitter history. No, that, I felt nauseous. So it's easy when these things are out there and then they happen for people to be like, they can immediately find the negative, right? Like, and it's easy to do. So like when judges a free agent and you think, oh, but they got to bring him back. They got to figure out a way to bring back their most important and best player and one of the best players in the history of the franchise. And then when he gets signed, it's very, well, they signed him, but they signed him in nine years, nine years, a long time. They signed him to nine years. That guy gets hurt a lot. That's, a, that's too long a time to be signing our judge. Nine years. How much money? 306. Oh, that's too much money. So you can always find the negatives along the How is he going to age? How, what's he going to be like at 35? You can find all the negatives. It's easy to do, right? Anybody can do that part of it. But, and nobody knows how he's going to age. It's kind of a unique case, right? Uh, so, as I said, I didn't think that he was leaving, but then when you start to have the days go by, and it felt like they were like little breadcrumbs as well, right? Like the report, well, the Yankees think Judge is not showing up to the winter meet. Oh, they think uh, that now they're hearing that he might show up. To, like they didn't know what he was doing. Um, the Yankees really didn't seem to have a good feel for the situation. Turns out they had a great feel for the situation. 
And then you hear the report, giant players have been told, oh, Judge is coming to San Francisco. But we got through that day. Next morning, big sigh of relief. And, I, you know, it's funny when you hear the reality. Oh, you know, Judge, he played the Yankees. He got them hook, line, and sinker. He played them like a fiddle. Well, here's the thing. If that's true, he played all of us. Like when that Heyman tweet came out and you were just having the days leading up to that point, we all kind of thought, uh-oh, and, and especially when the tweet came out, we all thought he was leaving. So he played all of us. And if, if it turns out that the Yankees had to be panicked, if that's what actually happened to get the deal done, well, then I'm glad they were panicked because I wanted him back. And if they didn't have him back, the immediate future would be a problem. We can all talk about what's going to happen in year six and year seven and year eight. I don't know what year six and seven and eight is going to look like. I know what the immediate would look like. It would look bad. It would look like I have my October free. So if they needed to be panicked to get the deal done, well, thank God that they were panicked. But you know what's the most fascinating part to me? And I guess we'll get into that coming up. 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. The way the Yankees get covered and the way the Mets get covered. They're two teams. They're two high-profile teams. They're two win-now teams. They're two teams with high payrolls in the same sport. But yet one is like the favored son, and the other, they're like the, the black sheep. I'm not exactly sure. And this week was the perfect example of it. So I'll detail that coming up. We'll get your phone calls coming up. we got a lot of stuff to do. one 800 919 ESPN is the telephone number. We're talking about Judge. We're talking about the Mets. We're talking about Steve Cohen. we got a lot to do as we lead you up until 7 o'clock tonight. What are we doing here, people? we got so much going on, and it's only here on 98.7 FM and the all-new ESPN New York app. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. So much to do. Let's get to it, people, with the, the baseball, Yankees, Mets, making moves, spending money. And, um, and here's the thing. For all the, the excitement, and look, anytime your team spends money in the offseason, it's exciting. It's fun, you inv- especially when there is no baseball. If you're a baseball fan, you want to think about when the baseball will return. And we still got you know, a couple of months here before pitchers and catchers are back and lots of stuff to do during the offseason. But it's fascinating to me the way that two teams get covered. And, and maybe at a time when the Mets were like the little engine that could and the Yankees were the, you know, the corporate team of baseball with the pinstripe jerseys and, uh, you know, the big payroll, you can understand why one team got held to one standard and another team got held to another standard. But now, you know, they're very different fan bases. I'll grant you that. But, you know, they're, they're, they're certainly more in the ballpark, right? And in fact... The Mets might be owning the ballpark now, right? They're the ones with the higher payroll. They're the ones going out and spending all this money in free agency. But yet the way the Yankees get covered and the way the Mets get covered is not the same. This week, perfect example. Yankees sign Aaron Judge. One of, it's not even arguable, one of the greatest players in the sport right now and almost certainly going to be the next Yankee captain, a Yankee you know, a draft pick that turned out to be everything you could have ever hoped to be and one of the best players in the sport. And, and, and we all agreed before he got signed, boy, the Yankees really got to sign Aaron Judge. What are they going to do if they don't have Aaron Judge? I was saying, you know, with Larry during the week, like, what's plan B? Can you even imagine what plan B would look like? I can't. I don't think anybody really could figure out what the Yankees were going to do if they lost Aaron Judge. I'll tell you one thing. The path to victory 
for the Yankees of winning a World Series became very, very narrow if it still even existed if they lost Aaron Judge. So they go out and they get it done after it looking like, uh uh-oh, he might be gone. And what's the reaction? Is it, wow, great job by the Yankees. Fantastic. Well, I guess there was some of that. But a lot of it was, oh, boy, the Yankees got played. The Yankees completely surrendered to Aaron Judge. They got taken to the woodshed in these negotiations. They completely folded. Whoa. I I mean, the initial report this offseason, we all knew he was going to get more than the, 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 the contract before the season, right? We all knew that. That was clear. That was clear from, like, May. So the initial report was eight for 300. I didn't see anybody yelling and screaming, oh, my God, eight for 300? No, that seemed about right. If you offered 230 before and you come off one of the – it's not even one of – the greatest contract year in the history of contract years – Eight for 300 sounds about right. I thought it seemed a little light. It turned out it was light by a year and $60 million. Is eight for 300 and nine for 360 that much of a difference when you had to keep them? And they kept them. Good job. But you get one reaction when Aaron Judge signs. The Mets signed Brandon Nimmo to an eight-year contract. And I like Brandon. I think he's a good player. Does things that you know don't make me necessarily jump off the page at you. Not a big power threat, but does everything else well, pretty much. Not a great base stealer, but he's made himself into a nice center fielder. Great on base guy. Eight year contract for Brandon Nimmo. What's the reaction? Boy, that's Steve Cohen. He just wants to win. He's doing everything he can to win. Two players, two free agents, two contracts, completely different reactions. I saw a quote this week, what Steve Cohen doing is nothing short of remarkable. <laughs> really? He's, the, he's the, the, the richest owner in the sport. He's going out and, and doing what he said he was going to do. What part of it is actually remarkable? I, I get that it's a, it's a night and day difference from the previous owner, but you know that coming in, right? Like if Steve Cohen kept spending at the same level of the will pond, you'd be like, what the hell is going on? And if the Yankees were so, there's this, this narrative that the Yankees, oh, they were so derelict not to have signed Judge before he became a free agent and the market blew up the way they did in their face. Well, why did the Mets not have the foresight to sign Nimmo to a deal? Safe to say they could have gotten a better deal than eight years and $162 million, right? And here's the thing. If any other team had signed Brandon Nimmo to an eight-year contract for $162 million, you telling me the reaction would have been, boy, that team really wants to win. Boy, they're going out and doing whatever they got to do to win a World Series. They got Nimmo for eight years and 162. Or better yet, if the Yankees, oh my God, if the Yankees had lost Aaron Judge and then went out and signed Brandon Nimmo to an eight-year contract, they're lit- I think there would have literally been people outside, picketing outside Yankee Stadium. I, I, that might have gotten more of a reaction than losing Judge. It would have been close. It would have been close. And I get it. It's great to see a Mets owner now actually operating as the owner of a New York sports franchise worth billions of dollars. And we all know in baseball, you know, you, gotta, you, know, you should be spending some money. That's great. But it's not like spending money is the be-all, end-all. And it's not like the Mets didn't spend money last offseason as well and it didn't work out. And, if, and I'll say this, if just simply spending money led to World Series titles, I think that Artie Moreno would be uh, doing a whole lot better with the Angels. That's all I'm saying.
But it's very weird to me how there's this complete disconnect between the two teams when the goals are the same, right? Mets are win now. Yankees are certainly win now. They're both spending the it's not it's not um this big discrepancy in the payrolls anymore. And it's funny, for years I heard from Met fans, oh, you know, the Yankees just spend money, it's disgusting, blah, blah. Now that their team's spending money, this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah, of course it's the greatest thing ever. You want your team to be going for it, and that's what the Mets are doing and should be doing. I just find it weird that the reaction is so different. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800, or let's start out on the phones. I haven't even gone to the phones yet. I've been on the phone today, but not on the air, so that's different. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go out to Eli in Washingtonville. Eli... I'm sure it's all smiles hey, and giggles for Eli. Yes, Eli, how are you, pal? Hey. <laughs> I'm doing good. Listen, it's uh, the, the the job of the general manager, or one of the main jobs, is to take the money that the owner gives you and spend it wisely. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, right now the judge contract, when it comes to you know uh, what Bogart's guy and Nimmo, it's kind of looking like. Uh, a good uh, a bargain. A bargain, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, but uh, listen, the meter of, of fandom hasn't moved. Like I don't, I don't think we have gotten better. And now there's rumors there that the Yankees are interested in Correa, which is like it's so backwards that last year this guy was a pariah to Brian Cashman, and now you're trying to sign this guy because Bo- Volpe is obviously not ready. And you could have had Soto last year, given out, you know, given the Volpe, or could have had a, a starting pitcher to help you al- along the postseason if you gave away Volpe. Now, now you're going to tell me you're going to sign Correa because you think this kid is not ready yet? Like I'm telling you, it's it's backwards. And and it's and like I said before, it took uh, Hal Stambrenner to come in and intervene and make sure that you know Judge was. Signing the paperwork. Like, it wasn't Cashman. It took Hal Stanford to make a phone call. So, like, I, I don't understand what's Cashman's job now. Well, look, Eli, I think there's a separation, and thanks for the phone call, I think there's a separation of, you know, running the team in the offseason and spending the money on free agents and a, 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 a um, franchise cornerstone. Pl- I mean, if you're spending $360 million – uh, that that to me that's an owner decision, and I'm glad that Hal Steinbrenner did step in and, and do what he had to do. Um, so I'm not going to you know uh, count that against Cashman. I'm going to count against Cashman the other moves that he's made. And trust me, there's plenty of other moves that you've made. You take a look at the, the the salaries on the books. There's a lot of them, right? The trade that they made last year for kind of Falefa and Donaldson, the contract he gave to um, to uh, to Hicks, certainly some of the other moves that have made and not been made. Uh, and, and look, we don't know that the, it, we're kind of piecing that together about Correa. I hope it is, um, true, but I have to see that before I believe it, that the Yankees are, you know, where that comes from, I think primarily Friday on the Michael K show, Michael said that, uh, he, you know, he, he's here, obviously he hears things about the, the direction of the team. Now the judge is done and he heard that they are in on, uh, Rondon, uh, and a lot of people, uh, Jack Curry has said that the Yankees are in on Rondon. A lot of people have said that too, but that Michael said that he heard that there was something bigger that they were working on. Now he didn't know what that was and he was openly kind of working it through, uh, on the show yesterday and, and, and just kind of looking at the landscape, unless it's a trade, the only free agent that you would say would be bigger would be to go out and get Carlos Correa. And if that's the case, well, 
I'm all for it. The Yan- you know, this is, should not be a, a, a question of what the Yankees need more, another good pitcher or another good hitter. Look at the postseason every single year. They do not hit enough. The offense is what failed them this year. Their pitching this year was not the issue. Their pitching during the regular season was, was, was good. They had one of the better staffs in baseball, even with all the injuries to the bullpen and, and all the ways they had to kind of juggle to make things work with all the injuries. And they always kind of figure it out in the bullpen. Um, and, and now with uh, Chapman not here, I think it might get a little easier to figure things out in the bullpen. So uh, I, I don't know that they're going after Correa. I hope that that's the case. And if you are asking me, I can have either the hitter or the pitcher. To me, it's not even close. I'd rather have a big hitter. And, and I would agree with one thing with Eli that Eli said. The Yankees cannot be done. They have not done anything yet. They've just simply brought back the guy that they had to have back. Because if they did not have him back, well, then shut the doors, right? Like, <laughs> at that point, next se- did you want the pain now or did you want the pain later? You lose the American League MVP on a team that was carried by the American League MVP, it find, you find it very hard to, to think of how you're going to be able to just simply match what you did the season before, never mind get better than the season before. So I would agree there. Yes, the Yankees have not... Um, they have not uh, done anything really yet outside of what they obviously had to do. And I would say for the Mets, too, you know, for all this praise of, oh, my God, the Mets have done this amazing job. Well, they brought in Verlander for DeGrom, essentially. Uh, I like that move. Uh, they bring in Quintana, basically, to uh, replace Walker. Okay. Uh, they bring in David Robertson on a one-year deal. Hard to have uh, any problems with that, considering the Mets bullpen. I mean, even is 38 next year, and it's not like the Mets have a great history of former Yankee relievers going to the Mets. But to me, the big thing the Mets need to address still is a bat. They needed one at the deadline, didn't get it, and they need somebody who's a thumper DH. In the, and, and to me, the one that I said before, missing out on Josh Bell. Where were the Mets on Josh Bell? He got a two-year deal from the Guardians. That would have been like the perfect DH guy could spell Alonzo at first base so he doesn't have to play 160 games again next year and wear down in July and August. So I feel like that was one that was not a big payroll. To, you know, it's not going out and signing some superstar. But I just don't see where the Mets are going to be landing this big bat, which clearly they've kind of been missing. They were missing one during the season. They were missing one. And think about all the names that got mentioned at the trade deadline, and they struck out on all of them, basically and brought in a couple of platoon guys in Ruff and, and Vogelbach. So it, it's great to see the excitement of the spending the money. Again, the Mets spent the money last year, and it did not work out. And it was a, a, not just a, it didn't work out. It was a failure. The foundation of their team was, hey, we got this two-headed monster atop the rotation, and um, that's going to fix a lot of the other problems we may have. Because... After all, who's going to beat in a short series Scherzer and DeGrom? And we got the answer. It was the Padres. So, yeah, the Mets can't be done. Yankees can't be done. No question about that. Uh, let's go back to the phones. We'll go to uh, Brandon is in Brooklyn. Brandon, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hi, yes. I thought I was going to disagree with you more, but now I'm agreeing with you on your last statements. Uh, as a Mets fan, we know we need to do more. We need to get another bat. Brandon Nimmo, I don't know how that how great that was. I would have liked to for us to have kept some of our pitchers from last year besides DeGrom. These were pitchers that proved to pitch in New York. 
we should have kept at least one of those guys. Like who? The now Walker? We we also or, or Bassett? Or are you talking starters either or leaders? Of those guys. Okay. Either, well, either of those guys that, that proved they could pitch in New York. Well, I don't know if Bassett but, proved that he could pitch in New York. He kind of melted down down the stretch of the season. At, he was, at the end, yeah, down yeah, the stretch. But, yeah. I mean, we know we need a bat. We we have to get a bat, and I don't know who's out there. So I'm critical of the Mets for, from that end. And and um, I, I, I don't know about the media, the papers, but we, as Mets fans, we know we're not we're we're not up there with the Dodgers, the Padres. Even look in our division, the Phillies, the Braves. We, we have the best division in baseball. It is very deep, no question, Brandon. Thanks for the phone call. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be one thing if the Mets had gone out and made a move here, where I'm like, oh wow, that's, you know, not that it's a fit, but if they went out and they got uh, Dansby Swanson. Right, like they obviously have a short stuff. They don't need a short. But if they had stolen something from the Braves and they put it on their, t- oh wow, look at how they're, you know, they're trying to close the gap. It kind of feels like they've done a lot of the same. Now they've spent a lot of money in the process, but it kind of feels like the same plan as, as last year, missing a hitter at least so far. They went out and got a, a, a great ace, or at least a guy who's coming off a great season. It's clearly a Hall of Fame pitcher, but he's going to be 40 years old. And, and again, how did that work out last year? It didn't work out. Now, you're hoping that Verlander is going to stay healthier. Uh, again, it's easy to just list the concerns, but the concerns are there, right? I mean, he's 40 years old. He's going away from the Astros. It seems like guys struggle a little bit when they – I wonder what it could be, you know, when guys leave Houston. So there's some concerns there too. So, I, yeah, I get it. Mets have, the Mets have done more, but I still think they – yeah, they got to do more too. The Yankees have to do more than the Mets because the Mets have made more moves, but – both teams, I think, are still kind of lacking. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, more of your phone calls. We'll get into uh, some other baseball stuff as well as we take you up until 7 o'clock tonight. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM and the all-new ESPN New York app. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. The Yankees certainly have more work to do because they've not really done much outside of, you know, signing a guy to $360 million. But, yeah, they still have major holes, and we're going to see how they address them. All the reports are they're in on Rodone. Um, I, I like that. You know, obviously anything you can, even with good pitching, you can always have better pitching. A six-year deal for him seems a little, uh, seems a little strong, seems a little uh, out there. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not as confident about that one. If, if, you, if you gave me, you said, hey, you can make one big move here. Uh, it would be for offense rather than, than for pitching. Um, we've seen the postseasons year after year. The Yankees have to improve the offense. And if you're going to have an offense, which clearly next year is going to have at least to start, Josh Donaldson is a part of it. They're not moving. Unless maybe that's what they're – Maybe that's what Michael Kay was referring to. The Yankees are going to sign Rodone, but they got something else big up their sleeve. Oh, that would be a that would be a treat if Josh Donaldson was was moved, but I don't think that that's going to happen. Uh, and if you're saying that you're going to have, I would guess Peraza at shortstop to start the year, or at least gets a shot to to be the everyday shortstop, uh, and that catching is going to be a defensive position, which it primarily was last year. Um, well, then you got to lock down the other six spots. And 
and I don't want to get my hopes up too much because it seems like the Yankees are on this kind of trend where they don't make their moves in the offseason so much. It's really during the season, right? They, they'll make a move or two. They'll make a tweak here or there, but they primarily wait until the season goes. See how things, you know, two years ago at the trade deadline, that's when they got Rizzo. That's when they got Gallo. Uh, last year, obviously, with Ben Attendee and, and Bader and, and those moves. So I'm hoping that there's something big on the horizon. I don't think it's going to be Correa, maybe Brian Reynolds, maybe a trade that way. You know, Ben Attendee is nice, but I don't think that that's anywhere near enough to improve the offense where I'm going to be like, oh, boy, offense is, is set. And here's the thing, you know, for all the people uh, who, you know, scream about, well, you know, Yankees are too home run reliant. He, I have the stats. Where are they? I had them. Ah, I still have them. Here are the numbers of stat, uh prior to this year, 2022. And I think it was, I want to say it was like 27 and 7 this year. Uh, it was overwhelming again, but I don't have the exact number. So I'll leave that one out for now. Last six postseasons before that, when you out homer your opponent in the game, right? 2021, teams who out homered their opponents in the game, 25 and 2. 2021. 2020, you might say, oh, it's a weird year. Okay, fine. It was 35 and 5. The year before that, 27 and 6. The year before that, 19 and 4. 2016, 27 and 1. The problem is not that the Yankees are trying to hit home runs. It's not that they're not hitting home runs. They ha- you have to hit home runs. You have to hit home runs in the postseason if you want to win. So uh, I'm hoping that the Yankees have something big up their sleeve in terms of the offense. But only time will tell. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Uh, let's go to Andrews in Staten Island. Andrew, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, Gordon. Uh, just want to make a really quick point about the Mets. Yeah. Um, yeah, we absolutely need a big bat. That's mm-hmm. a given. Um, but we can't forget, we won 101 games last year, right? Right. Um, we've gotten better so far this year. We replaced Jake with Verlander. Right, we got Nimmo back. We signed Robertson in the bullpen. We got Diaz back in the bullpen. I think we're just one big bat away. Hopefully, they make that move soon, and you know we'll be back in the playoffs. Uh, thanks for taking my call. All right, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, look. Uh, yeah, I'm not trying to make it out like the Mets have. Oh my God, they have to have this huge overhaul. No, I mean, and you could see where um, those moves make sense. But you know what? It's as easy as to say, well, this move makes sense, and that make move. We wouldn't really be into the season because we'd kind of know how things think. There are going to be unexpected things for every single team. Injuries. Some guys will slump that you don't expect to slump. Some guys will have bad years for stretches or, or whatever. It, it's completely unpredictable. So I like the moves that the Mets have made. Uh, and it's nice when your team goes out and spends money. But this idea, oh, my God, Steve Cohen, he's breaking out. He's flying through the tax as if anybody cares about the tax. Who cares what Steve Cohen is going to spend in tax? I don't care what Steve Cohen's going to spend in real life in taxes. I certainly don't care what he's going to spend in, in luxury taxes either. But I, I still think the Mets have other moves to make. I don't look at the moves the Mets have made and, and think to myself, oh, my God, how's anybody going to beat the Mets next year? And, and a lot of times there's a team every single year that has like this big offseason and everybody's like, oh, my God, this team is they're going to be tough to beat. It was kind of, I think it was the Blue Jays last year. Oh, my God, how are they going to be beat? And uh, generally, they're beat. <laughs> Things work out where they are not uh, the team every single year. Uh, let's go out to uh, Anthony is in the mail truck. Anthony, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Gordon, good afternoon, man. How are you? I'm good, Anthony. What's going on, pal? Nothing much, man. Uh, 
So first, first and foremost, I love what this Red Sox ownership group is doing. Um, for our Yankees, Yankees. Uh, yeah, yeah, they they are are running that team into the ground, and I love it. And I don't think Devers is going to go back um, on his contract up either. <clears throat> but besides that, let me get to my Yankee point. So you actually changed my mind. Um, I've been saying for for weeks now. You know, I want Rodon over a Correa because for the sole fact that if you get Rodon, you have probably the deepest rotation in baseball. But with your argument with, with the playoffs and everything, and obviously we both know they don't hit in the playoffs, Correa would be an amazing at at the top of the lineup. And you may be able to get him, move him to third, when Volpe's ready and have your shortstop and third baseman of the future. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. No question. Uh, now look, uh, and yeah, Anthony, so, thanks for the phone call. Um, if you if you go out and get Correa, um, he's going to be 28 next year. Um, he's an outstanding defender. Now, he has been a little injury prone, so that, that worries you a little bit. And obviously, you have the whole thing about the, the Astros and the cheating scandal and him being a big part of you know that team at one. Um, here's the thing, and, and, I, and this is, I guess, the real re- well, one of the real reasons why I don't think it will happen. Uh, if, but if, if, if the Yankees go to Aaron Judge, who is going to almost certainly be the next Yankee captain, and say, hey, look, we're in on Correa, do you have a problem with that? And if he says no, then who the hell am I to have a problem with it? I want to win. And sometimes, you know, like in professional wrestling, sometimes the guy, that, you know, the two feud guys, Paul Orndorff sometimes has to switch sides. I'm I'm fine with Paul Orndorff joining up with Hulk Hogan here, if that's what has to be the case. If that's what has to be the case, and uh, no, Correa would. If you're going to invest money in a free agent, Correa kind of checks all the boxes. He's young, or younger than a lot of the other guys that you're talking about. He's going to be 28 next year. Um, he's an excellent defender. He's an excellent all-around player. Uh, he doesn't walk all that much, but he still you know gets on base. Still takes care of that part of the game. Still's got some slug. So uh, yeah, I mean, if if that's the way the Yankees are going to go, again, I find it very, I, I highly doubt it. Because here's the thing for Correa: if you're Correa, last year you signed the like the pillow contract, right, with Minnesota because the market wasn't there. This year, clearly the market is there. You know, Trey Turner's getting 11 years. Xander Bogarts is getting 11 years. Well, if you're Correa, you want 11 years. And in fact. You might want a little extra. I think I think he's better than Trey Turner. So uh, I, I just don't see that that's the way the Yankees are going to go. But it's nice to at least think that they're looking, they're thinking big. And that's what you want if you're a Yankee fan. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Brian Reynolds, to me, would be is, is clearly a better player than Ben Attendee. Switch hitter um, would be able to even play center field, uh, has done in the past, and it's just a better overall offensive player. So uh, that would be a, something that's out there as well, I guess, possibly. Uh, and the other thing about Volpe is, I know that we all hear Volpe, 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 shortstop of the future. At least according to the stuff that I've read, it's not even a foregone conclusion that he could stick defensively at shortstop. So... Um, 
I guess there's the possibility that he'll get a, ch- a shot in spring training next year. It would seem like Peraza, the fact that he's already been up, even though he didn't play a whole lot, would be uh, the better possibility there. Uh, all right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number coming up top of the hour. We'll start to look at the football a little bit. Uh, Richard is in Manhattan. Richard, next up on the Gordon Damage Show. Gordon, you use a little chicanery there with your uh, anal- analysis about okay. hitting home runs. First of all, of course, teams are better with home runs. Right. There's no question. If you want to prove your point, you'd have to go back to each team and figure out the percentage of runs scored via the home run and then rank the teams and see what's what. You know, a two-run homer is two runs. That's how you can tell what, who's, who's, who's more, most dependent on home runs and see what the records were of these teams. That's the only way you can do it. How many runs were produced via the home run compared well, to I any mean, other one? Just go through this past off season. Think about all the games that were won with home runs. Even teams like the yeah, Guardians who don't hit home runs. I mean, they don't even hit home runs. The only way they won games with was, was with home runs. If you don't hit the home run, you should still be able to win. The Los Angeles Dodgers in the 60s, the Cardinals in the 80s, the Cincinnati Oh, yeah, that's, that's 100 years ago, though. That's not the way the game is anymore. It's baseball principle. You still have to be able to score runs when you don't hit the home run. Gordon, tell me which is better in your mind, a man on third with one out or a man on second with no out? Uh, give it to me again. Man on third, one out. A man on second, well, no out. Easy. Yeah, a man on second. Uh, well, I mean, uh, you'd rather have no outs. No, I mean, who would you, you rather so have? I'm not asking uh, them, right. the Yankees, because I know what they want. I asked you, what would you rather have? A man on third with one out or a man on second with no man out? Man on second, no out. Okay, I see. I disagree as a Yankee, as a ball, as a baseball. You'd rather have three first shots and second, that no guy out. Home. What's that? First and second, no out. Then second and third, one out. First and second, no out. Second and third, one out. Yes. I would rather have first. I don't want any outs. I only have so many okay. outs in the game. All I don't right. want to we use them up. We disagree, and I can never be – I don't think I can. Okay. And here's the thing. Right. I can get the guys to second and third if I want to give up an out. Uh, you think it's that easy? I think it's a great thing to – okay, I disagree, but okay. That's okay. Gordon, let me ask you this. Why isn't the Final Four in football college today and, uh, <laughs> and then next week the finals? Uh, well, I, I think they want to keep – and, Richard, thanks for the phone call. I think they want to keep, you know, the, the New Year's Day part of it as well and uh, extend it out a little bit more. Uh, and they don't want to run into the uh, – I guess they want to extend it out a little bit more. And, and they've run the numbers. They've crunched the numbers like Michael Scott once asked that, uh, that accountant. Crunch the numbers. Crunch them again. I guess they figured out that uh, extending it out a little further away from uh, the NFL swallowing things up here in the last month of the season, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm guessing that that's what it is. And they want to keep the, you know, the New Year's Day tradition and then extend it out from, there, from that point forward. It seems to be working for them. I don't know. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, we will get into the football. Jets in Buffalo. Giants home for the Eagles. We tackle it next. 98.7 FM, ESPN New York.